Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 40. I'm your host, Chris Juarez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. God, I'm excited, man. The NHL season is just around the corner. NHL preseason has started. I am hot for hockey. I am. I am so excited for it to be back. I am like a kid on Christmas morning. And I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so happy, man. NHL DFS around the corner. Fantasy hockey is coming around as well. There's so much going on, and I just, honestly, this is the best time of year. I know a lot of people are happy about, you know, pumpkin spice and leaves changing color and sweater season. To me, it's just hockey. That's it. Everything else is optional. Everything else is a hundred percent optional. I don't care. I'm just happy that hockey is back. And I hope you are too. We got an absolutely amazing episode today. We are going to look at, uh, I'm going to actually look at, we're going to give you some predictions here. I have gone around here. I've crunched some numbers. I've gone through some things. And we're going to be making some hot takes today. Some hot takes. I'm I'm openly going to maybe hate on your team. It's going to happen. I'm sorry in advance. But that's fine. That's not a problem. Right? I'm going to pick some winners of each division. All right. I'm going to tell you how those divisions are going to look. And then you're going to, you know, head over to Twitter at me at FuzzyChris91 at Slapshot Podcast and tell me uh, how wrong I was. Or you can tell me how right I am as well. Right. If you haven't already, like I said, follow me. Make sure you go ahead and you do that. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you go ahead and you do that as well. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Podbean. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, hit the sub button while you're there. Leave a five-star review, obviously, because you enjoy hockey, you enjoy me, you enjoy the podcast. So go ahead, do that. Thank you very much for doing it. I know you just did it. I know some of you just did it. Round of applause, obviously, to all of you. All right. Let's start in the Western Conference, right? We're going to leave the East, right? I'm on the East Coast. I like the East. We're going to start on the West Coast, and we are going to start with the worst division in hockey. I'm going to give you a moment to think about that. You should already know that what the answer is because it's the Pacific Division. So if you're not sure what the Pacific Division is, it's the Anaheim Ducks, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the LA Kings, the San Jose Sharks, the brand new Seattle Kraken, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. This to me is the worst division in hockey. It's just made up of a bunch of low-level teams with the exception of the Vegas Golden Knights. But here's how I have the Pacific Division rolling out. Okay, so we're going to start from the bottom. We're going to work all our our way up to the winner of that division. Okay, so let's start at the bottom here. This is an easy one for me. The San Jose Sharks obviously are going to finish last in this division. I don't need to tell you why. I know Martin Jones has moved on to being unemployed. But, I mean, this San Jose team is horrendously bad. When your goaltending situation is Aiden Hill and James Reimer, uh, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson are getting no younger. And, I mean, man, I look at that lineup and no part of me excites it. They're going to get run over probably more often than not. This is a team that is neither rebuilding nor competing for anything. They are just god-awful. They're god-awful. And I expect them to finish dead last in this division. Uh, which is saying something because the team that's going to finish above them is the Seattle Kraken. This is not going to be a Vegas Cinderella story for the Seattle Kraken. They just don't they just don't have the lineup. May will they surprise us? Doubt it. They could again, they could compete. 
I hope they prove me wrong. I really do. I want Seattle to do well, man. You want an expansion team to do well, kind of like Vegas did. Nobody expected Vegas their first year to go all the way to Stanley Cup Finals. But I am not betting on the Seattle Kraken to do the same thing. The team is just okay. Right? They're an okay team. And I think they're going to have a lot of difficulty. And they're going to lose some games. They may, again, they may compete because this division is so bad. But I don't expect them doing very much for that. Right? So Seattle, uh, second to last in this division. The team's going to finish ahead of them. The Vancouver Canucks. Man, I want to love the Vancouver Canucks. I really do. But there's a lot of uncertainty right now in terms of uh, contracts, right? I, I think that's the number one thing here. You don't have Elias Pettersson signed. You do not have Quinn Hughes signed. Now, these are two big RFAs that you need to sign. Oh, by the way, you only have $13 million in cap space, and that's not going to get both of those players signed, by the way, in case you think you do. You've already gone out. You made some pretty bad trades. Um, I know a lot of people are expecting big things from Oliver Ekman Larson. I am not. And again, I just I just don't know. Like, I want them to be good. I do. I just have this feeling that this team is just going to disappoint everybody. And they should. This team, to me, can maybe challenge Vegas. Maybe for the top spot in the Pacific Division. And yet, I have them probably missing the playoffs. I know. I hate your team, right? No. Again, I very good team. Defensively, I think this team is very good. I think they're good. The addition of Oliver Ekman Larson doesn't make them worse, right? Tyler Myers is what he is. Travis Hamonick's not bad. Tucker Pullman, pretty good, right? Quinn Hughes in the lineup. Ole Levy, you can have him in and out of the lineup. Luke Shen is not terrible as a seventh or eighth defenseman. This is a good team. But, man, I don't think they're going to do very well. I really don't. And I think it's going to be nightmare for Thatcher Demko on a lot of times. I think the addition of Yaroslav Halak kind of solidifies the back end, right? Brandon Holpe wasn't really good to the shock of absolutely nobody or shouldn't have been the shock to anybody. But I just don't have Vancouver doing very much here. I really don't. And I'm sorry. I Again, I hope they prove me wrong. But as of right now, I have Vancouver... Just, you know, finishing fifth in that division. It's unfortunate it happens. The team's going to finish fourth here, and I'm maybe giving them a little bit too much love, but I really think they can, is the LA Kings. Okay. So, again, when you look at the LA Kings on paper, you don't love a lot of them. But, I mean, this is a team that technically got better in the offseason, right? You overpaid for Philip Deneau, but fine. He, he brings some stability to a team. We know what he can do, right? As a Montreal fan, I know what he can do. He can fit into that third-line role once he gets there. You went out and you acquired, you know, Victor Arvidsson, who, by the way, is a player who's already scored 30 goals in the NHL once upon a time, and I think the LA Kings can use some offense, right? Anze Kopitar, we know, does his thing, but he's getting older. Dustin Brown refuses to leave the fantasy DFS world. He's going to stick around. The rest of that lineup is kind of just neither here nor there. And I understand it. Here's the wild card for me. The wild card here is Alex Turcott and Quentin Byfield. D- to me, those two players can make a real big difference here. I know they're young kids, right? And you're going to ask a lot of them. But I think 
something can happen here. I think it's it's worth entertaining the idea of having those two kids in the lineup. If you put them in the lineup and look, that they're going to have issues. They're going to struggle at times. It's the NHL, okay? It, it, it's going to happen. But this team with those two in the lineup, you have yourself a pretty good top six, and your bottom six is not garbage. It's not, right? Like, it, it's okay to survive. And I think defensively, Right, the addition of Alexander Adler, I mean, this helps them defensively. Drew Doughty can still play hockey, right? Mickey Anderson is an okay defenseman. Sean Walker, same thing as well. These, it's not a bad team. It's going to come down, obviously, to goaltending. How many games is Cal Pedersen going to play? He's obviously the better goalie. Jonathan Quick's just getting old. The, the LA Kings need to move on from Jonathan Quick. So the fewer games he plays the better this team performs. And I think this is the year they're going to figure that out. They're going to say, hey, you know, that's kind of the route that they want to go. They gave Pedersen a bunch of money, by the way, right? They gave him a three-year deal, $5 million starting next season. So you didn't pay a backup goalie $5 million. You think he's the future, right? So you think that. Okay. And again, you didn't go out and acquire Arvidsson and sign Deneau because you think you're rebuilding. They're 28 years old each. So you have a, a, a maybe we can at least get to the playoffs and be relevant this year. And again, in a really terrible Pacific division, this is 100% possible. So again, could the Vancouver Canucks take that spot over the LA Kings? Yes, I do. I think they could. But as of this exact moment, I think the LA Kings have a chance here, okay? Uh, finishing ahead of them, also these this team making the playoffs here for me, the Flames, the Calgary Flames. Okay. Again, I think LA gets in. Maybe. Who knows? But I, I think they'll push. I really do think they will push. Whether it's a wild card or whether they can get past the Flames, I don't know. The Flames to me are that team. Just because I mean they're good on paper, right? I think on paper they can compete. They have a solid top six with Manji Apani in the lineup. Blake Coleman will see whatever you know what he brings. I don't think this team defensively is any good. I really don't, man. I know Nikita Zadorov is there, man, but Eric Goodbranson is also there. Noah Hannafin's not great defensively. Chris Tanev is all right. Like this is not a good defensive team. They do have a good goalie, right? Jacob Markstrom is going to play a ton of games. Right, And Daniel Vlader is not going to steal anything, by the way. So Jacob Markstrom is going to play a ton of hockey. He's a better goalie. I think they can compete for me. I really do. I do think that this division, are, are, are the Calgary Flames, in my mind, better than the San Jose Sharks, the Seattle Kraken, the, the Vancouver Canucks, and the LA Kings? Yes, I do. So by default, they end up there, right? That's just how this wheel turns. So I'm going to give the Flames that playoff spot just because you know it is what it is here uh the team ahead of them is the Edmonton Oilers I don't like the Oilers I don't think they're a very good team also really hard to bet against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl right now if you want to go ahead and do that by all means do that but I I believe that like Connor McDavid was on a absolute tear last season okay and I know a lot of people, what they're saying, oh, yeah, but they were playing in the Canadian division. Shut your mouth, okay? I know that division was wide open hockey. Can you picture... Now, again, yes, they had to play other bad teams that gave up a lot of goals, right? Like the Vancouver Canucks. 
and the Ottawa Senators. McDavid now gets to play the San Jose Sharks, the Seattle Kraken, the Vancouver Canucks, and the LA Kings regularly. He's going to torch them. Connor McDavid is going to drag this team into the playoffs on his back. He had 105 points in 56 games. This man could finish. I'm not even kidding. On an 82-game pace, over 135 points. We could see a player for the first time in I don't know how long, somebody's going to tell me, finish with over 120 points in a regular season. And Connor McDavid could be that guy. He could very well be that player that just tears it apart, okay? Connor McDavid has has had one, with the exception of his rookie year, okay? With the exception of 2015-2016, he only played 45 games, okay? He had 48 points, by the way, in that season. Um, this is, by the way, for him, this is year number seven. I feel like Connor McDavid is just, like, entering the league. He is entering his prime, literally entering. He's 24, so I think that's prime for him. And he's already he already has 574 NHL points, okay? The man is on a tear, and he's only getting better. The only season, aside from the rookie year, where he didn't have 100 points, was 2019-2020, and, well, you know, COVID. So, in my book, for me, I I think we could see McDavid just absolutely take off to a whole other... Again, do, is there anybody on that team that excites me outside of him and Dreisaitl? No. But they are going to drag this team there, right? I think we're going to see some bounce-back seasons from some players here. I think Jesse Pujarvi might take a step forward. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins can still be effective. I mean, we need to see Kaylor Yamamoto come here because he could be a difference maker for this team. He really can. And I think the addition of Zach Hyman to this team helps, regardless of where he plays. If he plays with McDavid or Dryside, it's going to be good. I think that's an added bonus there. I think Hyman can, you know, make a difference here because he's obviously better than Zach Cassian. So we don't know. We no longer have to see the Cassian on the top line experiment. We can end that. Their bottom six is okay, right? Ed Edmonton's bottom six is fine. Defensively, I mean, look, when you add Duncan Keith and Cody Cece to your team, you're not getting better defensively, right? But they're bodies. So again, Darnell Nurse, Tyson Barry, those are you know offensive defensemen on the back end. They're going to be fine. And then you're going to roll out Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen, and it's going to be tough for most of them on a given night. But we're going to see a lot of goals, and we're going to see the Edmonton Oilers and you know the big boys up front just drag this team in. And the Pacific Division is so bad. They're just going to finish second. That's how it goes, right? Uh, and then obviously the Vegas Golden Knights take the first spot. The Vegas Golden Knights are actually the only team that I look at here and say, yeah, you guys are a complete team. You're a really good team. The Vegas Golden Knights, to me, are one of the most complete hockey teams in the NHL right now. They had a really good top nine, I would say. They added Evgeny Dodonov and Nolan Patrick. Now, if Patrick can stay healthy, that'd be kind of cool, right? But like they've all they, they've gotten even better, which is wild, right, when you think about it. They have a solid top nine. Defensively, they're really good too. And oh, by the way, 
Uh, Robin Leonard is there. Laurent Brossois is not going to phase anything to me. I think Robin Leonard can have a really big year this year. So this is the most complete hockey team to me in the Western in the Western Conference. You can challenge me on that if you want. I think this team is stacked from head to toe. They should have no problem winning this division. So that, for me, is the Pacific Division. Let's go over again in case you got lost and you're not writing this down. San Jose, so from bottom to top here, San Jose, Seattle, Vancouver, L.A., Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas. Okay? Let's move over to the Central Division here. Another division that's not great, but they're better than the Pacific Division. And I think the two wildcard teams that make the playoffs will come out of the Central Division or should come out of the Central Division. Okay? We'll see how that goes. Team finishing last here, Arizona. So this should be no shock to anybody. Arizona will probably... Historic, they, are, they are looking to probably have one of the worst seasons ever I really do think they can be as bad as the Detroit Red Wings were and that's saying something because Detroit was pretty bad right like we know how bad Detroit is uh Arizona could be on the same wavelength here they've basically given away everybody uh which makes sense that they're out here just collecting draft picks at this point um there's no need to think this team will do anything important that they're just they're just bad. They're they're bad. They're gonna finish last. Not a problem here. I have Nashville finishing right ahead of them. I want to love the Nashville Predators. I really do. Um, but man, this team can't score. This team is is not gonna have enough goals to go around. And it, it's this lineup is bad, man. This offense offensively, this team is gonna be challenged. They've already got rid of Victor Arvidsson. They're not getting better. Defensively, I think they're okay. I really do. I think they could be a good team, right? But it's not going to be enough to support them up front. And that's a shame because I think UC Soros is probably one of the better goals in the NHL. And from a fantasy perspective, could be a top, could finish in the top 10. But he's not, he's just not going to get the support. He's going to be a modern day version of John Gibson, right? really good goalie on just a terrible team. Speaking of Anaheim, I forgot Anaheim. Jesus, I am off. I am in shambles here. But, I mean, it's kind of obvious here that we're going to forget Anaheim because their entire team is very forgettable. Um, Sorry, I have them finishing between Seattle and Vancouver. That's right. There are eight teams in that division. My apologies. My apologies to the Anaheim Ducks. I forgot you, but honestly... Probably most Duck fans forget you as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be nice to have, I guess, Trevor Zegers in the lineup here. Maxime Contois probably can be the guy who scores a bunch of goals. I mean, look, it's the Anaheim Ducks, man. We're, we're, we're not going to spend too much time here on them, okay? Sorry, Duck fans. Let's go back to the Central Division now that I've covered the Ducks quickly. Uh, so we have Arizona and Nashville. Team finishes ahead on that. St. Louis Blues. I don't, I don't know, man. St. Louis just doesn't. Doesn't do it for me. I mean, we saw Jordan Bennington be kind of average, right? Billy Huso still the backup there. That's probably not going to work. They did go out. They did get Pavel Buchnevich. I think that makes their team better. I think a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko is going to help. There's a lot of things, right? You added Brandon Saad as well. Like, this is a good team. I just don't think they're going to be better than any of the teams ahead of them. I really don't. And I think the question mark is more Jordan Bennington here. 
I mean, is he going to be good or is he going to be terrible? And right now, I think he's going to be bad. I I do not trust Jordan Bennington to be a very good NHL goalie. I don't. I really don't. He was he was okay. Every like he had his miracle year, right? Remember 2018, 2019 when he showed up, right? Blues won the Stanley Cup, blah, yada, 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 yada. I mean, that was a season to remember, right? And then since then, it's just, it's kind of gotten worse, right? Skulls against average. Again, it's expected, right? He was going to, like, there was no way he was going to maintain that first season. But his save percentage just continues to dip, right? It's gone from point, it's, it's gone from 927, that miracle year, 912, 910. Okay, here's the concerning numbers, by the way, in the playoffs since, right, since that year. He's had he's, he's had nine playoff games, okay? I mean, his numbers are terrible. This guy, I don't know what it is, man, but it looks like when the Blues get to the playoffs, they just forget how to play hockey. So I, I don't think Jordan Bennington's going to be the difference maker for St. Louis here, and I think he could hinder them. And, I mean, St. Louis doesn't have a backup, so I just don't. Don't like it very much. I, I don't like the Blues. I don't. So I have them finishing as the third worst team in that division. I have Chicago, right, being ahead of them. And I think the Chicago Blackhawks are kind of like this is a team that they competed last year, right? And they were actually pretty good despite everything with that team happening, right? Like despite not having their captain, despite being in a situation that kind of just wasn't overall great for them. I think they're okay. They look, Jonathan Taves comes back. That's a huge piece. It's a huge piece. Tyler Johnson's going to get a top 6 role here. I think he could be decent. I really do. They're they're I mean, DeBrincat and Kane could still score goals. Dominic Kubalik's come was coming off a big, you know, big rookie year. I don't think the Chicago Blackhawks are that terrible. I really don't. It, and it's wild to think that, but, you know, it's there's there's pieces here that can help, right? And specifically, for, it, for me, it's Kubalik, right? I mean, this is a guy who scored 30 goals his first season. Is he a 30-goal player? I don't know. Can he score 25? Yeah, I think so. I think he can, right? Seth Jones defensively, we'll see. Right, that defense definitely worries me. But I mean, you also add in Mark Andre Fleury to the mix, right? And I mean, Mark Andre Fleury is coming off of Vezina, and I mean, we saw what he was able to do his first year in Vegas, right? Now I I understand Fleury's a little bit older here, okay? So last year, a little bit more challenging. I get that, right? And obviously he's he's leaving Vegas and he's going to Chicago, so. Again, not the same environment. I get that. The good news is, is Kevin Lankinen is there. And I think Kevin Lankinen can really be the real deal here. I really do think that he can provide this team with the necessary support that they need. I really do. I really, really do. He was really, really good last year. He was good. He was good considering what this team was. I know you're going to look at the numbers and say, oh, you know. 3.01 goes against average, 0.909 saves. Yeah, he played in Chicago. Yeah. It's not great. This is a team that's moved on from Duncan Keith. I think that helps them. And again, the addition of Jonathan Taves can change 
the entire outlook of this team. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt of saying, hey, this team can do something. Teams with good goaltenders can win. It's It should not surprise anybody. If you, if you have a good goalie, you can do something, and Chicago does. I can see them competing. I think they win one of the wild card spots. I really do. I think they can, or at least compete most of the year for it. I'll give them that. Team finishing ahead of them, Dallas Stars. I think the Dallas Stars are a team that is built on defense. Man, you look at their defense, and this looks like a really good team. Man, Essa Lindell, Miro Heskinen, really good players. John Kligberg can provide some of that offense. I think his game can kind of help. The addition of Ryan Suter definitely helps. Ryan Suter is going to come in here. He's not going to be on, you know, Dallas isn't going to have to worry about him playing 30 minutes a night. He can come in and play 22 to 24 and be real solid at his position. He really can. Offensively, I think if Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson kind of stay in shape, right, especially Rupe Hintz, not get hurt, kind of adds a lot. Tyler Sagan's going to be back. Healthy, I think he's. I don't. I don't think he's the elite player he once was, but I think he can contribute. The same thing if Alexander Randolph can stay healthy, a lot of things can happen here. This is a good team offensively. They got some pieces that can do some things, so I like it. I think at least they can compete in their division in the Central, and I think ultimately they can be. A playoff team. The only thing it's going to come down to is who's going to play in goal. And Dallas Stars are going to realize real quickly that Braden Holpe is not very good at his job. Forget about Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is dead. Okay. Ben Bishop is probably never going to play another hockey game. The man's body is falling apart. Okay. So let's remove him. You know, what type of Anton Hudobin are you going to get? Well, I don't know. Right. We, we, we literally have no idea what we're going to get. Right. Are we going to get the Anton Hudobin who posted a 2.22 goals against Savage and a 9.30 save percentage? Unlikely. Can he do better than his 2.54 and .909 save percentage from last year? Yes, I think he can. So I think he falls somewhere between the last two seasons. And that's good enough for the Dallas Stars to make playoffs. It's good enough. Again, you're going to get no competition from the Pacific Division or very, very little of it. So... The Dallas Stars have a route to the playoff. Do they have a route at finishing as one of the top three teams in that division? I don't think so. But it is what it is. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, to me, afterwards, finished ahead of the Dallas Stars there. The Winnipeg Jets are a very good team. The Winnipeg Jets have a elite goaltender, which is key in hockey, right? You already know this. Most of their core stayed the same, right? Not many changes to that lineup. I think maybe this is an important year for Pierre-Luc Dubois, right? He's going to be an RFA at the end of the year. So usually RFAs kind of all of a sudden, they kind of find their their groove per se. So to me, I think that's kind of important, right? He signed that two-year short-term bridge deal with Columbus. It didn't work out in year one, right? Let's be honest. I think he can attest to that as well. Didn't work out coming over to 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 Winnipeg. So if he wants to not be a flop at the age of 24, right? He's 23 now. He's going to be 24 again this year. He's probably going to look. And he, look, he has the players around him to succeed. That's the worst part is he, he, he has, like, their skill in Winnipeg, man. He could have a combination of playing with any types of Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, and Nikolai Ehlers. 
He really could. I think there's a hole there in that top six. Andrew Kopp probably gets an early look at it. But I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is everything that needs to be successful. And if he is, and he's back to being a power-dominant forward like he should be, the Winnipeg Jets are fine. Defensively, look. Look, you know, Nate Schmidt comes over. I think that helps that team. Josh Morrissey is what he is at this point. Neil Pionk, everybody knows how much I love him. So, I mean, that's pretty easy there. Brandon Dillon, we'll see what that brings. But defensively, they're not terrible, right? They're okay. The The real factor here is Connor Hellebuck, and he's going to play a lot because Eric Cormier is not, <laughs> right? So we're going to see a lot of goalies where play a lot where they have no backup. And this is going to be the case here for Winnipeg. They have no backup. So Connor Hellebuck's going to play a bunch, as he should, by the way as he should, and they should be able to beat a lot of those teams. They should be able. Ahead of the Jets, I like the Minnesota Wild. That's weird, man. I don't think what they did last season was a flop. I really don't. I genuinely believe that this team can be really good because they're built from the back end up. And, you know, they have Kirill Kaprasov's side, which was obviously a big part. They paid him a bunch of money, okay? We'll see here what goes on with that. Do they have some bad contracts on this team? Yes. They also have some players who are going to look for some money, right? Kevin Fiala is an RFA at the end of the year. I think he probably wants to do something there. Again, offensively, this team is going to be challenged a lot of times. Defensively, I think this team can hold up. I really do. I know the loss of Ryan Suter kind of hurts. I know the loss of Zach Parise kind of hurts. But to be honest, like Parise wasn't going to tip the scale at that point in his career anymore and again the main part to me here is Cam Talbot and Kapo Kakinen. I, I think Kakinen can be a really good support here I really do I think he can be a really good support are the Minnesota Wild going to have cap problems starting next season yes am I worried about the cap issue no because they'll figure it out at that point and again a, a big a big if for me right now is where does Marco Rossi fit into this? Does he start the year in Minnesota? I think he should. And if we remember, the Minnesota Wild have absolutely nobody playing at center. Nobody. Right? Joel Erickson Eck is a great centerman. He's not a top line centerman. And he probably centers the top line. So you can imagine Marco Rossi playing with Kirill Gapersoff. That kind of be a pretty good line there, right? Again, it's going to be tough for Minnesota. I understand that. And a lot of people are going to say, well, how is this? Like, we said the same thing last year, right? And they competed with Colorado and Vegas. They were really, really good. And I don't think anybody thought that. Did they take a step back in terms of Suter and whatnot? Yes. But I think the additions of players like John Merrill, right? Alex Goligoski. I think you can make up for Ryan Suter, how many, however many bodies you need to get there, right? But the core of Spurgeon, Brodeen, and Dumba, I, I think they can hold it down. So defensively, they're a good team. Their goaltenders, in my mind, are good. I still think Cam Talbot can be a really good goalie in the NHL, and I think Kapo Kakinen can come in if they need. I think the split here is like 60-40, Cam Talbot side of it. I really do. That's what I think the split is, but I think... For this team, for the Wild, they can get it done. Whether they finish second might be a little bit too much for the push here for some people. But I'll get behind the Minnesota Wild here. 
a Minnesota Wild fan of it, I'm like, hey, this can happen. So there you go, Minnesota. Don't let me down. Uh, the team that takes it home, obviously, the Colorado Avalanche. Just to be absolutely no surprise to absolutely nobody, the Colorado Avalanche have one of the have probably the best line in hockey, right? We know that. Uh, nothing too much has changed. I think their bottom six might struggle a little bit, but to be honest, their top line is so dominant. Nazem Kadri is still a good second line centerman. He can get it done. This team defensively, bro. Holy snap. Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson, Ryan Murray, if he can keep his legs on the ice. Eric Johnson is not terrible. He can still be serviceable. This is a really good defense. Really good defense. And I think the addition of Darcy Kemper really takes this team to a whole other level. I know a lot of people are looking at Philip Grubauer and saying, hey, man, he was really good. I think Philip Grubauer was a system goalie. I think he benefited from the system. I don't think he's going to have the same success in Seattle that he had in Colorado because the teams are obviously very, very different. And I think Darcy Kemper is a really good goalie in the NHL, obviously, because he had to play in Arizona for so many years. And I think coming over to Colorado kind of solidifies that back end and takes this team to a whole other level. They're going to be really good offensively, and they're going to be really good defensively, and their goaltender is also really, really good. So anybody going to challenge that? No, didn't think so, right? The Colorado Avalanche are set, to me, in a good spot. And Alex Newhook here, I, again, another kid who I think maybe, you know, something good happens. He came up. He played six games last year. It was all right. Nothing great. Fine. He did what he needed to do. But, you know, maybe we see more. I think there's an opportunity for him to find a spot in the lineup. Do we see him maybe play on the second line, move Nazem Kadri down? I don't know. I think, again, center position, I think the Colorado Avalanche are okay. And I think they'll do enough to be able to get it done. So, keeping score at home in the Central Division, right? From worst to best, right? Arizona, Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado. That rounds out your Western Conference, okay? Let's flip over to the East now, okay? Let's start with the... The, the East, to me, has probably the best... Is the toughest conference out of both, right? I know for a long time, we used to think the Western Conference was absolutely... Just a, so tough to get through. I don't think that's no longer the case. I really think it's the East. I do think it's the East. I, I, I think the Eastern Conference is just way better than the West. But we'll let the teams play it out. Let's go straight to the Metropolitan Division, which I still think is, I mean, man, there's so many good teams here. Uh, obviously, again, let's start from the bottom. The, the New Jersey Devils, nothing against the Devils. They just, they, they can't compete. Not yet. I don't think they surprise anybody this season. Uh, they're just a team trying to get better. That's it. I think they're going to need another year of Nico Escher trying to kind of grow into where he needs to be. Another year of Jack Hughes growing into where he needs to be. This is a really young team. Their forwards average, as of right now, under cap on a one-way deal in the NHL at 23 and a half years old. This is a young forward group. There are going to be a lot of growing pains here. Right, 23 and a half, by the way, the oldest player up front for the uh, New Jersey Devils, Thomas Tatar, who's 30, by the way. Not even like he's 36. This is a really young team. That's going to show. Defensively, I think they got better. 
I really do. I think, you know, you add Dougie Hamilton to it. You know, P.K. Subban is obviously not the player that he was. Uh, you know, adding Ryan Graves, not a bad deal either. You know, Jonas Siegenthaler, good. You know, Ty Smith, I guess, is the wild card here. Again, another young defenseman. The team's not bad. The team's not bad. And, I mean, you know, the deal with Mackenzie Blackwood and everything that happens on that side. They brought in Jonathan Bernier, by the way, who they gave $4.1 million on a two-year deal. So, a lot to like there on his side. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Okay, They got a lot of guys coming in as well on a professional tryout, right? They got four guys on a PTO, okay? I, I think the most notable ones here, Jimmy Vesey and Mark Jankowski. Right, two older players who could probably help with some depth here, but that again, still not enough to make this team competitive, and that is not their fault, by the way. I think this team could compete if you moved it. If you moved the New Jersey Devils to the Pacific Division, they compete for one of the top three spots, or maybe the third spot. I really do. I, I again, a young team. They're going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to try to get better. I just. I just don't see them being that great. Maybe they get ahead of the team that's in front of them, right? The Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I have them right in front of them. Again, nothing against the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is just a division of death. And, I mean, they don't they don't have anybody, man. This team is going to be a, a learning curve for a lot of time. We'll see what Patrick Liney can bring to this. You know, Jakob Voracek comes back there. If your top center is Jack Roslovic, Nothing against Jack. He's not a top center. So a lot of things have to kind of work out here. Zach Wierenski is there. Adam Boyquist coming over in the Seth Jones deal. He's another young defenseman. Growing pains are going to happen there. Jake Bean finding a new home as well. Again, growing pains here for this team, and that's what it is. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, Jonas Corposalo, you know, goalies, they'll be fine, but it's going to be tough for the Jackets. I have the Flyers one up. On them, okay. Philadelphia Flyers not making the playoffs. I mean, nothing to hate about them. Nothing really. That's just this team didn't look good last season, and they technically, I don't even think they got better. I really don't. You know, Ivan Provorov is there. Ryan Ellis is a really good addition. It really helps solidify the back end. And then they go out and they get Rasmus Ristolainen, and you say, well, now you've counterproductive that self. Keith Yandel comes in, so now you got a cluster of. You know, Yandel's going to play the power play, probably try to get that top unit going where I think Ivan Provorov should be the guy there. You got out. You went again, Cam Atkinson. I don't think that's a bad deal there. Derek Broussard can bring some depth. You know, outside of Sean Couturier on that top line, I mean, we haven't seen much from Morgan Frost, right? So, I mean, I don't know yet, right? And how much can James Van, James Van Reems, like, can you know, give to the team? I don't know. In short, I, I don't think they're good. You could look at all three of the, those teams I just mentioned, the Devils, the Jackets, and Flyers. You can interchange all of them, right? The Flyers could finish last. The Devils could ch- jump two spots. Who knows? But I think just out of all those teams, right, I think the – I mean, Carter Hart has the best chance of rebounding, okay? Now, if Carter Hart struggles, right – like, I know you don't know, but Martin Jones is the backup in Philadelphia. So, <laughs> I know. He continues. I, I don't know. I thought he was unemployed. He's not, by the way. I know. 
that's how much I follow Martin Jones. I thought we were done with him. He's he's in Philadelphia. That's unfortunate. Um, anyways, the Flyers are going to try. But if they struggle in net the way they struggled last season, oh, baby. It's going to be a long year for that team. And I don't know yet if Carter Hart is going to have all that's necessary to pick up the pieces and get it done because he really struggled, right? And if we get another Carter Hart struggle, the Flyers are going to the bottom of that division and they are not coming back. They are just not. So good luck to them. Um, I have the Islanders finishing ahead of them. I think the Islanders are a really good team, right? I do. I think the Islanders are a great team, right? All the key pieces that need to be there are still there. Not much changed. They've gone out. Most of that team. You had Zach Parise kind of in there. It's, you know, it adds more depth. I think defensively they're going to be fine. I don't know why they went out to signs with Dano Chara, but they did. Good for them. Um, to, to me, it's more in goal here. Semyon Varlamov and, e- and Ilya Sorokin, it's probably the better tandem here. You could probably, in fantasy hockey, both goalies are going inside the top 10. So, and the, the, look, the, the Barry Trotz system in Long Island works, right? We see a ton of goalies come out of there and be absolutely dominant. Semyon Varlamov was really good. I think Ilya Sorokin can take another step here. So, again, another team that's built from the back end up, and they're a tough team to play against. And I think they can get it done. I really do. I really think this team can get it done. They're not a bad team, by the way. I know we kind of sleep on the Islanders. We're like, wait, they're in a really tough division, and they can keep up. Their top nine is really, really good, and they got probably one of the best fourth lines in hockey. Matt Martin, Casey Zeke is Cal Clutterbluck. So, again, I really do think that they'll be okay there. I, by the way, without even looking at the Atlantic yet, without even talking about that, the, the, both wild card teams are coming out of this division. So you guys deal with that as you wish. Uh, the Hurricanes finish ahead of the Islanders here. Okay, just because the Hurricanes, the, the, I I I think they'll be fine. Okay. I think they do. Their top nine is probably the deepest top nine in hockey right now, right? With the addition of Isperi Kotkaniemi, regardless of where he plays, Martin Nietzsche is going to, you know, I I think he's a player who can break out this year. That that top nine is good, right? And on defense, you know, you got Jacob Slavin that's there. I know you've moved on from Dougie Hamilton, but I think they got enough to get it done. I really do. I think they'll be okay defensively. I don't think their defense is better than last season, but I think their overall upfront depth and the way that this team plays and the puck possession that they have, they'll be fine, right? Even though they employ Tony D'Angelo and Ian Cole, I think they'll be fine. Here's their Achilles heel, okay? And it's no secret. It's Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. I mean, neither goalie sparks confidence in me. Right, neither goalie can stay healthy. Frederick Anderson, by the way, is on pace to be the new Martin Jones of the NHL, a goalie that people think is good, but is obviously not. Freddie Anderson is not getting better, and I don't know why they decided to move on from Nedeljkovic so they can sign a 31-year-old goalie to a two-year deal. I don't, I don't know why they thought this was it, but hey, here we are. Right? Are the Carolina Hurricanes a better defensive team? than the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes. Yes, they are. In my book, yes. But, again, his his career numbers for Freddie Anderson have continued to plummet, right? His save percentage, which is the one I worry about the most, right? 2017-2018, 9.1, uh, sorry, 0.918. He had a 
He finished last season. I know he suffered some injuries, uh, 0.895. So he had a sub-900 save percentage. He's going to a team that I think is better defensively, better team up front. I think they'll be okay. They'll protect him. He's going to be a terrible goalie on a really good team, and they're going to get away with it. It is what it is for the Hurricanes. Deal with it. I have the Pittsburgh Penguins finishing ahead of them for absolutely no reason other than them being the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know they're going to be without Malkin for the better part of two months, but Malkin can stay healthy and it doesn't really matter. The Pittsburgh Penguins are just that team that just finds a way to just be good. And there's no real reason why, right? Like we saw Jeff Carter's career revive when he showed up in Pittsburgh. And you're like, how is this possible? How is this possible that Jeff Carter is all of a sudden, you know, decent? Well, I guess, I mean, he is. Again, he's an RFA. If he decides he wants to play again next season, he probably needs a good year. So we'll see how he does and we'll see what he can do. Again, it depends on whatever Jeff Carter wants to do. But I, I mean, I know it's really hard to defend the Pittsburgh Penguins here. D- defensively, I think they're fine. I, I, I think they're fine. They're going to be okay. And then can Tristan Jerry do what's needed to backstop this team? Yes, I would say so. I am I am more inclined to say Tristan Jerry will have a bounce back year instead of Carter Hart. If you remember last year in the Fantasy Alarm Draft Guide, I drafted both goalies. I was talking high about both. Both of them had a terrible year. Only one of them, I think, really bounces back, and that's Tristan Jerry. I really think he can. So, nothing wrong with that, right? If he can be the goalie that this team thinks he can be, and he can backstop everything, kind of get back to his, you know, good season that he had the year before, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are fine. Again, in a really tough division, but they're going to be okay. So, Pittsburgh there. Team ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers. I think this is the year for the Rangers. They kind of let us down last year, right? Remember Rangers? We were supposed to run away with everything. We didn't run away with everything. This is a team that's getting a little bit older. Their top six is lit. Lit. I really do. I think it's lit. And their bottom six, I think, is okay. I really do. I, I think this is going to be a big year for Alexi Lafreniere and Capococco. I think the team needs them to be to contribute a little bit more so they can be good. They went out and they got Barkley Goudreau. I think he's a perfect bottom six player. You know, Sammy Blay comes in. We'll see where he fits in. Ryan Reeves will do whatever he does. But overall, I think this team is fine. I really do. I think they are okay. And and they should perform. They should. They have all the, you know, they, they have everything that they need to perform. And this is a really big year for the Rangers. Really big. A, you got a bunch of RFAs coming up. A bunch. Kapokako being one. Okay. Vital Kratsov, whatever your name is. My apologies, my good sir. Also an RFA. He's a young kid. I know you don't know who he is. But, you know, that might be the wild card factor for them. He had a bunch of points. He was a good player of the KHL. It's 16 goals in 49 games. I know the KHL is not the same as the NHL, but... He's coming over to the Rangers. That could be the replacement for Pavel Buchnevich. It could. I'm not saying it will be. It could. Okay. Settle in. A lot of things to like here at the Rangers. Most importantly is Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad is a pending UFA next year. He, I mean, he's 28 years old, right? He signed a $5.3 million deal a little while back. 
right? Remember that? Five-year deal. He's going to make a lot more money than that. Now, the Rangers obviously don't have a bunch of cap space. They're not going to start putting all their money in. Well, no, that's not true. The Rangers have some cap space, but they need to make sure that they have enough to sign other players that they want to sign, right? By the way, Adam Fox is going to need some money. We haven't even talked about him yet. Defensively, this team is going to be okay. Okay, Jacob Truba is off. Is obviously just, I don't know, man. He's just there. But Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Andre Miller, you know, they'll be fine. Jacob Trubo, Jacob Trubo will be there. He'll do what he needs to do. And it is what it is. Here's the most important part here. Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Gorgiev. They're two young goalies. And I think Igor Shosturkin, right, we thought he would be the savior last season. It didn't happen like that. But we can bank on I Again, redemption year, I think, can happen. He wasn't piss poor last season either. It's just I don't think people thought he was. You know, I I think people thought more. His goals against average was a little bit. His save percentage was still, you know, 0.916, which is still pretty good in the NHL, right? Considering the era that we're in where everybody scores goals, I think he's going to be fine. So I think the Rangers here, if they put everything together, they succeed. They do succeed. The team that finishes at the top is the Washington Capitals. Anybody going to take them off there? No. Are the Washington Capitals better than every team I just mentioned? Yes. If you want to fight me on it, go ahead. I know this is a team that employs Tom Wilson. Let's assume, you know, even with Tom Wilson, their, their, their top six hasn't changed. That This whole roster is always coming back in tap. By the way, they added Anthony Mantha last season. I know they gave up Jacob Verana, but Mantha adds another element of goal scoring. I don't see Alex Ovechkin slowing down. This team also on the back end didn't really change either. Not too much. They added Justin Schultz, which I think is a, you know, a really good add here for them. You know, John Carlson still there. Dmitry Orlov can still do uh, what he needs to do. I don't think their defense necessarily got a whole lot better in the offseason. I think it may have stayed the same, if anything. But to me, this team should be okay. They should be okay. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about them. They got a lot of players locked up still. They don't have a bunch of RFAs coming up. Elias Samsonov is, you know the goalie who they think he should be. He is an RFA at the end of the year. We know how players coming up on expiring contracts usually like to perform. Elias Simpson might be that goalie. I think he could have a big year here. I really do. I think he could. And again, teams that are good defensively will end up being good. He struggled last season. I understand that. But he's a good bounce-back candidate. I would bet on Elias Samsonov bouncing back. That's where I see it. I think there's a lot to like here, okay? I don't think anybody's better than the Washington Capitals in this division. Can it swap a little bit maybe between the Rangers and Caps? Could be, but I think this division can be an absolute, like I said, it, it, it can go all over the place. But, but if I had it my way, looking at it today, right? Again, let's run down through this in case you're not keeping score at home, right? From worst to best, right? We got the Devils, we got the Jackets, we got the Flyers, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Penguins, the Rangers, and the Caps. That's how I see the Metropolitan Division happening. All right, let's flop over here to the Atlantic, which I think is just as tough as the Metropolitan Division with the exception of three teams. We're going to get those teams right off the rip here. Buffalo is finishing last. What an absolute dumpster of an organization, dumpster of a team. Jack Eichel is not going to play this season. They stripped him of his captaincy. This team, I can barely name their roster. I don't want to learn their roster because there's no point because you're just going to bet against them in every situation possible. Oh, by the way, um, 
you know, good chance we see a lot of Craig Anderson this year. I know, right? A lot of stuff you don't want to see here, okay? A lot of stuff. They got some good players, okay? Victor Olofsson, Rasmus Dahlin, Dylan Cousins as well. I, I just, man, this team is just falling apart, man. Just falling apart. Buffalo, you're a terrible team, man. Demote yourself to the AHL. Um, I then have Detroit ahead of them, man. I, I love Alex Nedeljkovic. I really do. I think he could have a I, I, another case of maybe falls into the same conversation as Pecorino. Uh, sorry, as uh, UC Saros. Good goalie, bad team. This team is not. Here's the thing about Detroit. They're not. Are they better than they were last season? I would tend to say yes. I would tend to say yes. I would like to say yes. Defensively, I don't think so. I think they're kind of. I, I think defensively they're bad, and that will continue to stay the same. Again, Alison Delkovich and Thomas Grice are two good goalies. They can help support, but man, they got a ton. They got to face a ton of good scoring teams, and they're not going to be able to keep the puck out of their net a lot because their defense is not really good. And their forward group is not out there to play a lot of defense, okay? I'm not looking at, you know, Pia Suter and Philip Zadina and going, hey, man, you guys got to be good defensively. Let's see if they can figure out the offense first as well, right? Not to mention, right, without getting into it, Tyler Bertuzzi not wanting to get vaxxed, missing a couple of games, so that kind of hinders their team as well. We didn't talk about that with Mackenzie Blackwood, but it doesn't really matter because the Devils are not going to finish that high. Again, I, I think Detroit is a better team, but they're just not going to be able to compete in the Atlantic division. It's unfortunate. Uh, a team that finishes ahead of them is the Ottawa Senators. They are the best of the worst, in my opinion. They're the team that has the most promise out of the three teams. Another young team, but they're better than Buffalo. They're better than Detroit. Maybe Detroit and Ottawa flip spots, in which case it's fine. Again, two low-level teams. Uh, not really worried about that like i said buffalo detroit ottawa we can just kind of leave them out here they're rebuilding or doing whatever they want to do here okay after ottawa i have the buffs i have the boston bruins again i mentioned earlier that both wildcard teams are coming out of the metro division so i have the boston bruins missing the playoffs i know i said that last season this season it's going to get worse for them okay now i don't know what's going to happen here with tuka rask okay I don't know what's going to happen to Karask. I don't know if he's going to come back. He's had an interest in wanting to come back. The sign line is all marked. They gave him four-year deal, five mil per. Okay. Is line is all marked good? Like, can we, are we all on the bandwagon that he is? He played a lot of years in Buffalo. Okay. And to be honest, he was not terrible in Buffalo. So I see the, oh, he can come to Boston and be good. I see that conversation. I just don't think it's going to happen, okay? The Buffalo Sabres have a really good line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak. Now you're saying, well, so is Colorado. How did they not get there? Colorado's a really good defense. Boston does not. Taylor Hall is a good ad there. Great take sign him. Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, Nick Foligno is there now. Jake DeBrusque, Eric Holla. I think no. I don't think there's enough here to get it done for Boston. I really don't, man. Because we haven't even talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Florida Panthers, and yes, the Montreal Canadiens made it, by the way, to the Stanley Cup Finals, show them some respect. So, you got a lot of teams there. Are the Boston Bruins better than every single team that I just named? No. 
Stop it. Don't be. I know you're a Bruins fan. Stop it. They're not. On paper, you think they are, but I don't think they are. I don't because defensively, I don't think they have enough there. It's a young defense, and I'm not quite sold on them having a ton of success. I'm not. Their average age is 26.4. It's not old. It's not old. You know, Matt Greslick, good defenseman. Charlie McAvoy, great defenseman. Maybe Charlie McAvoy changes all this because he's an RFA at the end of the year. Brandon Carlo is good. Like, there's a lot of good defensemen, yes. Not enough to turn the wheel. And I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sold on Linus Ullmark. They are one injury away from having Jeremy Swayman be their goalie. I know he had a minimal amount of success last season. Okay. If you are betting on Jeremy Swayman to finish with a sub two goals against the average and a save percentage above 935, I want whatever you're drinking. Okay. He, he, he played 10 games last season at a 1.5 goals against average and a .945 save percentage, okay? He's not repeating that, okay? So we can calm down. Now, if Tuka Rask decides to join this team, that that changes the whole conversation because I think Tuka Rask is a good goalie that buffs Boston just hates. I don't know why Boston decides they want to openly hate Tuka Rask because he's been one of the better goalies in the NHL. I don't think there's enough for the Boston Bruins here. Can they maybe compete for a wild card spot? Yes. But again, are they better than the Islanders and the Hurricanes on the other side? No. So, by default, they missed the playoffs, right? Again, that's fine. Send me your hate mail. Boston's not making the playoffs. And here's how much you you just hate the Bruins. Hey, I don't have the Habs making the playoffs either. That's the team ahead of them. You can flip-flop either one. It doesn't make a difference here. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be down a Shea Weber, which obviously makes their team uh, not as good. I want the Montreal Canadiens to make the playoffs. I really do. I want them to be there more than anything. It was absolutely heartbreaking to see them make it so far and not win. Okay? I know the addition. They added Jonathan Drouin, right, technically, because he's back. He's healthy. He's dealt with mental health. Good for him, by the way. I know they added Mike Hoffman as well. They brought in Christian Dvorak. I feel like they their top nine is okay. It's pretty good. I think they can compete. I think they can compete. Again, crazy division here. Absolutely crazy division that they're in. This is the best I've seen the Atlantic in a really long time. Okay? Best I've seen them. Here's the problem for me. Okay? Outside of their wingers being good. Uh, Jake Evans is your third line center. That's probably an issue. Cedric Paquette and Matthew Perot can kind of flip whoever's playing on the fourth line. I don't think there's enough here. I don't. I don't think there's enough. I don't think Montreal's going to finish as one of the higher scoring teams in the NHL. I really don't, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, here's the thing. You also went out then, right? Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie, they were really good last season. Now they're going to have to brunt even more weight. Alexander Romanov becomes a wild card at that point, right? We saw it last season. They didn't want to play him in high leverage situations. They may not play him again in high leverage situations because we know how much Montreal hates kids. And we know how terrible they are at developing them. They went out, they got David Savard. David Savard is not replacing Shea Weber, okay? David Savard is going to be good. He's not going to be Shea Weber. Ben Sherratt is a good defenseman who's now going to be probably a sixth, a fifth, sixth, or seventh defenseman. I think he's going to get older. It's going to be trouble. Uh, for whatever reason, Mark Bergerman decided to go out and sign Chris Weidman, okay? If you're not sure who that is, you shouldn't be. 
Um, he played in the KHL last season. But he thought it would be a good idea to sign him to a $750,000, bring him over here. Why not, right? Why not? Why not do it? Last time he played was in you know the Anaheim Ducks. This is the guy we needed to go get, right? Was he good in the KHL? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. That's good. I don't know why they went out and signed him. But I said the same thing about Joel, Ed- you know, about Joel Edmondson, and look how that turned out. So maybe I'm wrong, right? Anyways, I don't know. They also went out. They added a little bit of insurance here, okay? They went out and they signed Sammy Niku, right? They also have Brett Kulak. Both players, by the way, are on one-way deals. So they have something there. There's a lot of defensemen. Not a lot of them are really good. Okay? I think Jeff Petrie can be good. I really do. And I think playing him with Joel Edmondson is good. But is Petrie Edmondson a top-pairing line for me? Like, is that... Remember when Sherratt and Weber just played a bunch of minutes against the opposing team's best players? Like, who's that line in Montreal now? Are you going to run Ben Sherratt and Chris Weidman out there? God, I hope not, right? Alexander Romanov and Savard? Oh, God, no. Right? You're going to play Savard and Sherratt? I mean, you could. But I don't know how good that would be, right? Again, I'm not 100% sold here. I think Carey Price is a great goalie. I think if his knees hold up, he's fine. I think Jake Allen's the wild card here. I think, again, from, from the back end, the Machado Canadians will be fine. All right? Carey Price is an elite goalie. Stop it. Okay. And, you know, Jake Allen played really well last season. I think that contributed to Montreal getting to where they needed to. So I don't think we'll see Carey Price play like 55 plus games. I don't think so. I, th- I think they want him to play about 50. I think so, which means Jake Allen plays about 32, which is a fair split at that point. Jake Allen is a good goalie. Again, are they better than the other three teams that we haven't named yet? No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. It's unfortunate. And because they're going to come so close, they're going to get a terrible draft pick. And the good news is they're collecting draft picks again next year because Montreal Canadiens are neither rebuilding nor contending. They're just doing a bunch of everything at the same time. It's unfortunate. Dominic Ducharme is going to keep his job, obviously. Mark Bergevin is going to be continued to praise when I think both of them should be let go, find somebody else. They've done a good job, yes. But anyways, maybe I'm just a sour half sign at this point. And that's possible as well. Um, team ahead of Montreal, the Florida Panthers. I think the Florida Panthers can be a really good team. The, the, the minute they find out that, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky needs to be pinned to a bench, this team is going places. Now, how long does that take them to figure out? Well, that's up to them, right? That is up to them to figure out. That's up to Joel Ken, you know, Joel Quenville to say, hey, I know Sergei Bobrovsky is making uh, $10 million, right? He still has $10 million for four years, after this season, okay? Spencer Knight is the better goalie. But you don't sit $10 million on the bench for the fun of it, right? You don't do that. And because you're not going to do that, well, you're going to be forced to play him, which means you're going to be forced to lose, right? Again, the Florida Panthers, by the way, one of the better teams. Their top nine is actually pretty good. Pretty good. I know they signed Joe Thornton. We'll see how much he plays. But this is a really good top nine. Right? Really good. They'll go places. The addition of Sam Reinhardt only makes this team even better. Defensively, I think they're going to be okay. Aaron Eckblad, Mackenzie Weger, that could be a really good top-line pairing that gets a lot of things done. So I think there's a lot to like here. Okay, For Florida, it's going to be a question of how quickly do they figure out Spencer Knight needs to play. And the quicker they, I think they figure it out quick enough that they 
do just enough to make the playoffs. I do. I think so. I'm not crazy about Spencer Knight. Not crazy. I know a lot of people have him high ticket here. The kids played, what, four games in the NHL? Four games. He was really good in those four games. Now he's going to figure out this is going to be a really tough division for him, and that could pose an issue. But I'm willing to give the Florida Panthers the benefit of the doubt that they're going to realize that they're going to need to play Spencer Knight a little bit more, to play Bobrovsky a little bit less, and I think they're going to get out of it. I think they got enough to make the playoffs here, or at least be one of the, you know, maybe compete for a wild card spot. Maybe. But I still think it's coming out of the Metropolitan Division. So, good on the Florida Panthers here. The team finishes ahead of the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs. It is no surprise that the Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team. That hurts me to say, but they are. Their top nine is deep. Okay? Their top nine is deep. Regardless of whether you want to hate them or not, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander, those are good players. Okay? Now, the rest of them are going to have to figure it out. Whether it's Nick Ritchie or Andre Kasse, I don't care who. But I think they got enough here to get it done. I don't think they missed the playoffs. I really don't. I, that, that doesn't seem like something that's going to happen to them. Defensively, I think they're going to be okay. I think this is one of the years where defensively they're, that they might make it out alive. You know, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Rasmus Sandin can pick up a, you know, a spot here. Everything seems fine. Here's where it's going to be a little bit tricky. Jack Campbell and Peter Morozik. Now, we know what Jack Campbell did last year. I'm not expecting him to repeat that. Okay. Peter Morozik was a really good goalie in Carolina. The question is going to come down to health. How healthy can both these goalies be? And that's going to be tough for them. Okay, It's going to be tough for both players. Both goalies have had injury issues, but I expect a almost dead 50-50 split between two goalies so they can make sure Jack Campbell stays healthy. They can make sure Peter Morozik stays healthy because, oh, by the way, if either one of those goalies get hurt, well, you know, you don't really have much after that. You don't have much. You don't. Michael Hutchinson's probably the next one up, okay? That's not good. That's not good. So, again, I think the Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs offensively are not the issue, right? They're, they're going to be fine. Don't worry. And I think the supporting cast will be dragged along far enough that they will be successful. Right? I'm talking about the Nick Richies and the Andre Cases of the world. I think they're going to be fine. We'll see who else kind of plugs in there for Toronto, but they're going to be enough. And, of course, the top team in the league is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning got super far without even employing the services of Nikita Kucherov during the year. I know, shocking, right? This team didn't really get terrible. They didn't. They didn't get terrible. They're about the same team-ish. You know, they added Pierre-Edouard Belmar. I think that's good. They added a aging Corey Perry, who seems to be okay. They're, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Defensively, they're going to be fine as well. The defense hasn't changed much. Cal Foot might actually get a chance to play, which would be really good. That would be an upgrade, right? That would be an upgrade. For Victor Hedman, Jan Ruda, Eric Cernag, Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev. I still think Sergachev could take another step here, right? I really do. I think Sergeyev and Hedman could probably play together at some point. Kale Foote's still a young player. I mean, uh, Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the NHL. Brian Elliott's going to back him up this year, okay? Uh, I don't think Brian Elliott's going to steal a ton of stars from Vasilevsky. I think Elliott's just going to be there just to make sure everything goes well. Um, 
This is a really good team, man. Tampa Bay just seems like that team is going to keep doing you damage. I do not expect anybody else to beat them to that top spot in the Atlantic Division. I really don't. They're a really good team, and a lot of that core is going to stay together again. I know they got a whole bunch of cap issues, right, which makes sense, but the 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 nut of their team, right, the everything put together is fine. So, yeah, who's taking their spot? Unfortunately, it's nobody. Nobody is taking their spot. Damn, I hate it. I hate thinking that the Tampa Bay Lightning can go far again. Breaks my heart, but they're a good team, man. It's unfortunate. Capture Convention works. Continue to do it. It's in the CBA rules. Again, imagine this team is going to have Nikita Kucherov during the year. <laughs> this team was already good without him. Now they're going to be even better with him. We saw what Kucherov did last season. In the playoffs, man showed up, didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. He's going to be fine. This team is only going to get better. He missed all of last. He missed all of the whole season. The whole season. This is a man who has also had two. The last player to have hundred over 120 points, by the way. Here's a fun fact. Nikita Kucherov. 128 back in 2018-2019. Is he going to have that many? I don't think so. Right? He had a slower year after that. 2019-2020, only 85 points. Only, right? This man is obviously right. The playoffs don't count, right? But, he, I mean, he had 32 points in 23 games in the playoffs after missing the entire season. He's going to be fine, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be fine. So, again, if you're keeping score at home, from worst to best, the Buffalo Sabres, the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, the Boston Bruins, the Montreal Canadiens, the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the defending champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my prediction for the season. That's what's going to happen. In that order, it is 100% facts. Everything I say is true, obviously. You guys know that. So that's how it's going to go here. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. All the support that you give me and the podcast. Again, I love it. Thank you so much. I love hearing comments about all you saying, hey, man, I listened to the last episode. I loved it. I love this. I love that. Or you're absolutely wrong. Uh, I, I, I love both. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hanging out with me. It's always a blast. Um, the NHL season is approaching. Obviously, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast everywhere you get your podcast. So you get it either on Spotify. You get it either on Podbean. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the Twitter page at Slapshot Podcast. Go ahead and do that. Follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It's been a blast. And we talk to each other again soon. Yeah. Bye-bye.